everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. Hi, this is T Outlaw. And we are back with another episode of the Gourmet Grouper Podcast. You can catch me, JJ Outlaw, on Twitter as, well, JJ Outlaw. <laughs> I'm also on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. You can also find me on Facebook. Well, okay. Our, our little spot on Facebook being, you know, the Gourmet Goober blog, not us personally on Facebook. Don't look for us. The Metahood. <laughs> yes, the Metahood. Um, at the Gourmet Goober blog. And as always, I'm here every episode with my husband, aka Big Daddy, aka That Dude, aka T Outlaw, aka uh, the Skinny the, Fat Albert. <laughs> skinny Fat Albert. I've never heard that. I was going to say the Dark Desperado. But T Outlaw, yes, all of those. Where did the skinny fat Albert come from? I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you that. <laughs> if you want, you can call me Thunder Chunky, too. <laughs> I am not going to call you Thunder Chunky. <laughs> hey, now, you know you like it. T Outlaw, how are you doing? <laughs> I am doing quite well. <laughs> you can find me on social media. Um, Let's see, on Twitter... You can look for Tiatlaw, that's B-O, sorry. Damn, now I lost my spelling thoughts. <laughs> T-O-U-T-L-A-W. And on Instagram, at Tiatlaw Josie Wells. Like the movie. Correct. <laughs> and as always, you can drop us a line at thegourmetgooper at gmail.com and hit us up at thegourmetgooper.com. That is, of course, our blog. And if you love us as much as we hope you do, you can wear us even by hitting us up at gooperswag.com. So, yeah, there are so many ways to connect with us. So, hey, new episode, new week. We want to thank all of our new listeners. Um, we got a flurry of people tuning in this last um, episode. So, howdy to you. A how are you of, doing? Yeah, how you doing? <laughs> a lot of you from France. So, I have to say... Bonjour. Bonjour. How you doing? <laughs> Is that your French way of saying how you're doing in France? In That's French? all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say, Le, how are you doing? <laughs> Here's the thing. You speak French. You're supposed yeah. to be the one that speaks French now. Yeah, I took two and a half years of French. And can't yeah, two, year and a, two years of French. Can't remember a single word. <laughs> <laughs> well... Okay. But you know, the reason I took uh, high school, sorry, junior high school French was because of the girls and, well, you see how long that lasted. I can't say the French was what I, why I married you. I, I can honestly say it was not the French. The whole reason I went to Ball State was because of a girl. The whole reason I went to prom was because of a girl. You know, this is the thing with you. Yeah. <laughs> The whole reason I be like you know became a journalist was well, I lied about something. Really? Yeah. Okay, we really need to talk about that off mic. Yeah, we will talk about that <laughs> off mic. Anywho, do want to say before we dig in because obviously there's a lot that happened since the last time that we were on mic. Um, wanted to do a couple things first before we talk about our week, as we normally do every segment. One, 
want to say congratulations to Miss Kantanji Brown Jackson, who this week made history as the first Black woman nominated for the U.S. Supreme Court. Yes. I'm so super excited. Of course, it's well beyond time. We don't usually talk about a lot of stuff other than food and pop culture on our show. But this is huge news for a variety of reasons, one of which that if confirmed, it'll be one step further to the Supreme Court looking like the America that is they represent. So I'm always excited about that. I've heard wonderful things about our qualifications. I can't wait to see. Well, OK, maybe I shouldn't say that because I, I know they're going to air the confirmation and I'm kind of worried about where that's going to go. There's something I want to say, but I'm not going to say, and I'll explain why later. Oh, so you're waiting for, like, guys to show up with Coke cans? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say, like, the idiot on TV the other day who asked for LSAT score. Even though he never asked that for anyone else, and I wonder what was the difference. Well, hmm. I'm assuming, yeah, that he's problematic, but two, can we ask for his LSAT scores? Uh, no. <laughs> Can we ask with John Roberts' LSAT scores? I don't think any of that matters. It only gets you into school. As someone who used to work in college students' personnel, they don't really um, mandate. Okay, let, let me let me do it in a way that I used to explain to parents. These scores will only get you here. They will not keep you here. Yeah. So, and considering that she graduated... Suma Kunali, I think she earned her way. I think That's so. That's on saying. Maybe we can just ask her if she likes beer. Oh, stop. <laughs> Again, we are not going down that path. I do not want to get nasty emails on the midst of everything else that I juggle in a week. <laughs> so okay. we're just going to leave that be, but tell her congratulations. Because it's a huge moment. And I admit that I may have done a happy dance in my pajamas when I found out about her. Yeah, it is truly historic to see, you know, more representation on the Supreme Court and keep it going. And other news, um, I think that it would be wise for us to acknowledge what everyone is talking about um, before we dive into our personal week and talking just briefly and acknowledging that our thoughts are with the people of Ukraine as they're going through that senseless invasion from Russia. Um, so we hope that they are safe and they weather through this and Russia retreats because this is ridiculous. But then we also want to share our thoughts and um, just wish well for the other um, the other individuals who are affected by this. Not everyone who's affected by the invasion are Ukrainians. Many of them are people. Um, from other countries, particularly people of African and other um, people of color who were there studying as students and unfortunately are finding that as they're trying to escape what's happening, they're, they're facing... Being left off the bus. Right. Literally being left off the bus because of racist reasons. Yeah. So our hearts go out to them. We hope they find safety. I've seen a lot of interviews with these individuals, one of which... I saw on the BBC the other day when I was at work and I took a break and this poor woman talked about how she walked nearly 20 hours to get to the Polish border. 
and then was turned away and basically had to risk life and limb to escape what was already a dangerous situation simply because of the fact that she was black. And this young woman was a college student. She was there studying. She was studying medicine. And as someone who has worked with college students in the past, knowing the depth of emotions that comes with leaving your place of origin to go study at a new place, and then imagine having that being undertaken by an invasion, um, it's doubly frightening and just the range of emotions this poor woman had. I'm just glad that she found safety. Um, and my heart goes out to everyone else who's affected by that as well. And, you know, we just pray for this to end soon for everyone's sake. For all of our sakes. Yes, for all of our sakes. Definitely. Because in my mind, we can play the game of, you know, we should go in and like support, you know, the Ukraine in their attempts to ward off um, Russian onslaught. Um, that's for, that's up for debate for everybody, but, um, at the same time, I, I do agree with the theory that it will not, if Russia does succeed in overtaking Ukraine, it most likely will not end there. And yeah. then eventually what people say may not be our initial problem may end up being all of our problems right. one way or another. And and that's really frightening and unsettling. Um, and again, we didn't want to start this podcast out with a downer, but let's oh, I'm, face. I'm Debbie Downer if I need to be, but we'll try not to be. Well, what I'm trying to say is, we went back and forth in our production meeting. Should we acknowledge it? Should we not acknowledge it? Yeah. I think it would be foolish for us not to acknowledge it. Um, it's front on our minds. We know, as if you turn on the news, it's probably front on your minds too. Yeah. So we're hoping that getting that out of the way and acknowledging that the rest of this episode will be something lighthearted and, you know, the conversation that you come to expect from us. Um, and hopefully it'll give you a little bit of a break um, from the news of the day. Yeah. So with that in mind, and me trying not to laugh because our dog is snoring behind us. We have put our doggy producer to sleep. <laughs> Did you hear him snore? Oh, yes. Yeah. And I was trying to ignore him, but... <laughs> he snores like he has a full-time job. It's so funny. But you know what? We did leave him alone Um, while we were out taking you to the doctor, which we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah. I mean, but the biggest thing is that, <laughs> yeah, the doggy producer was out all day, and now he's like, you know, he worked hard and got his energy, like, you know, once... We came back. And he protected like, the house from the cats and everyone else. And now he's getting his due. Yes. Yeah, like, that was hard damn work, huh? <laughs> so if you hear snoring, just know it's not us. It's the dog. <laughs> and the thing is, he's so obnoxious with it. Like once I was on a Zoom call and I had to put it on mute because he was just sawing logs. Like he was a lumberjack, just loud and obnoxious. And yeah. I love our baby. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, Big Daddy, how <laughs> was your week? Well, apparently it was more strenuous than the dogs. I don't know. I think he may beg to differ on that. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, 
my week uh, was fairly, I would like to say fairly uneventful. Nothing tremendous um, came out of hand. I mean, pretty much, well, you know, worked, did a lot of work. Um, work in sports, pretty much that's my thing. And, you know, looking at the news, it was mostly sports stuff. I mean, the Olympics are over. The NCAA tournament is literally on on the precipice of occurring, and the madness is about to commence soon. Bracket time! Yeah, so <laughs> I'm excited. About, yeah, about to have a lot of brackets <laughs> get like you know just torn to the corner. Um. So yeah, pretty much that. I mean, this week is the NFL Combine, which is like you know the meat market for everybody. Ugh. You know, can't wait for those great, like, you know, uh, Q scores about, you know, how, you know, if you were a dog, what kind of dog would you be? Oh, I'm sorry. If you were an animal, what kind of animal would you be? I'm like, <laughs> an animal who gets paid. I don't even understand that. Like, so from those questions, they're able to determine if you're going to be a good quarterback or a good football player in general. Yes. So what, if you see an elephant, you're supposed to play a certain position? Is that how that works? Yeah, you're pretty much being an offensive lineman. <laughs> you're a horse. <laughs> you're a pig. Oh, and I apologize. Not, not a Q score. It's a wonder lick. Wait, I thought they were going to discontinue the wonder lick. There are a lot of things they need to discontinue, but yeah, they they still give people the wonder lick test. Now, are they still going to be doing the Madden scores? Because I always thought that was the most <laughs> insane part of the combine. Asking questions about the Madden So these guys are supposed to be concerned about their video game score? Really? When you? <laughs> Maybe it was Tekken. <laughs> now, 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 come on now. The Goober is a big, a, the a big NBA fan. Yes. Now, I'm thinking in my head, like, you know, if... There was like a huge NBA 2K, you know, kind of to the like point of Madden, and like you were in it, like you know, you you basically played Madden. I'm sorry, you basically played like 2K, and you made basically I don't know like a John Morant like type um, avatar of yourself. When you want your like, you know, your 2K score to be like I don't know 98, 99. Here's the problem with that. Here, okay, because it's all based on what they think you're able to produce. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. Dirk Nowitzki. When Dirk Nowitzki first came to the NBA, um, as a lot of European players are seen as, he was seen as someone as being soft. So if he was graded on a similar curve like they did in the Madden game, he would probably be ranked really low. But what we found out is, no, Dirk isn't soft at all. Dirk may lead his t may have led his team in a different way, but he was a G on the court, right? So it didn't really rank who he was. Yeah. That's the problem I have with the Madden scores. It's all based on perception. Yes, it is. It's based on perception, but it's like video game perception, so we, <laughs> we just really have to stupid. work with it. Yeah. yeah. But that wasn't the only thing. Like, didn't the MLB close, like, opening day? So how do you cover that? If It's just contract talk. It's a bunch of millionaires and billionaires sitting around with 
you know, you know, guys who are, I'm sorry, billionaires that are talking to millionaires about um, profit sharing and greed. So that's the only way you can cover it. I mean, every day it's just like you basically have photos of guys in like suits, but never ties sitting there talking about, you know, how they're going to profit share. Hey, there's nothing else to cover. There's something about that. And I don't want to get too much in the weeds about talking sports because you want to deal with the rest of your week. But uh, and yeah, it is billionaires and millionaires you know, talking it out. And that's why there's the closing out of, you know, opening day for the MLB. But I found this interesting. I was watching, what was it? ESPN or it was something like that. I think it was ESPN. And they were talking about of the four major um, sporting franchises, the NBA, the NHL, um, the NFL and the MLB, that their starting salary is the lowest. Yes. So, foreseeably, it sounds like they don't have any protections, right? <clears throat> I mean, technically, they do and they don't, but as opposed to the other three major sports entities, right? Um, the minor league <laughs> baseball. He's really going to town. <laughs> yeah, he's putting in work. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I ruined it for you. As opposed to the other leagues. As opposed to the other, like, three major uh, entities, yes. Uh, yes. Major League Baseball's, like, minor league system and the people who are called up and sent down are... Tremendously more expansive, I believe, than the other three. So oh. that's probably why the starting salary is one. But um, yeah, there's a disparity on how like each player is played. I'm um, sorry, how each player is technically paid and how those things, the revenues get divided. Although I have to say, if we're going to talk about that, we also need to give a shout out to the women's soccer league. In mm-hmm. U.S. Women's Soccer, because they just won a landmark settlement where they're finally going to get equal pay, as they should, because of the men and women's professional soccer organizations, they're the only ones who deliver with, like, I don't know, actual World Cup <laughs> trophies. <laughs> and they're badass. So, congrats to them. They're the ones who should have been shutting things down. So, yeah. Glad that that worked out. Right. And hopefully that will. You know, filter down to, you know, whereas in the major league soccer league, you know, pays their players like fairly well. Hopefully the National Women's Soccer League, you know, will get the same kind of benefit. Or the WNBA. All of them. Yeah. Okay. We don't want to make this a sports show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel bad because I feel like I'm turning into my dad. My poor dad. Every time Thomas talks to my father, <laughs> he gets excited and asks him sports games. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Keep going. No, it's it's okay. Um, uh, other than that, the other thing on my mind is um, one, 
being able to get um oh sorry that it would really help the New York Times to be able to tell the difference between Venus and Serena Williams. That would be one. Um, also, this week, uh, aside from sports, I went to see the doctor. Go see the doctor. Uh, just had to get you know my eye checked. Uh, get some updates. I mean, I'm 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 making progress, but you know it's still a thing, and you know I'm no you know old blind mice. So I'm still working on it one. Uh, let me see what else. Oh, so I learned this week, food related. Why the hell? You know when you go to the store, where the hell are the saltine crackers? That's what I want to know. <laughs> um, see, this is not like my old man thing coming out. Old blind, you know, mice. Where are the crackers? I went to the store. Where are my crackers? I can't find no saltines up in there. You know, you want to have some chili, some soup. You want to get some hookups? Oh, you can find, you know, them Triscuits. But where can a brother get his saltines? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm losing my mind about that. And, you know, the saltines have been out for a while. In fact, there was a story, what was it, Uproxx? Okay. Where they covered, where people were, like you, angry about the saltines. Which is weird, because there's, like, tons of Triscuits and, like you said, and Ritz crackers. Saltines seem like they're pretty basic to make. I'm not sure where they went. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm like, I, please, you know, please forgive me. I'm not the best at, you know, knowing how, like, you know, the process of making these saltines is done. But I'm like, you would think they're, you know, if there's a supply and demand issue, let's look this up. Because one of the most basic background things that America has is, you know, they love their you know, they're good, especially in the winter, like, you know, their chicken soups and their chilies and whatever, and they usually have saltines or crackers with them. Now, I just want to know where are my crackers? I know that sounds horrible when it comes to my mouth, but that's what I'm saying. And also, because I know the gourmet goober is just grinning, this week, I went to get some popcorn. As a matter of fact, I got some Garrett's right now just to quench my thirst. But uh, I went to a place called Chicago Land Popcorn, and I went in there with the guru because she had um, she had come across this place. It's like right up the street from us, and we went in there to you know just kind of check out the different selections of popcorn, which was delicious. Which was delicious, and we came across the lady who was working in there today or uh, that day. With her name was Tracy, I believe, <laughs> and I'm just gonna tell you straight up now. Tracy was a trip. Uh, the goober, the, I'm sorry, the goober connected with Tracy like instantly and was like showing her all kind of different flavors that this place had to offer. And then she looks at me, <laughs> and this is when the goober just went off. No. Go ahead. There was really nothing to push, but, you know, I'm just standing there, like, looking at all these different flavors, and I say, you know, I'm not sure what I'm looking at, but, okay, so I'm just kind of looking around. I have said nothing since I walked in the store. She you know, was other mostly than, like, talking to me and getting me to try things out. Yeah, she's <laughs> as she's, like, you know, showing the goober, like, different flavors, I'm just standing there, like, you know, my, you know, you know just kind of caressing my chin, looking at things like, Hmm, this might be interesting, or hmm, this might be interesting, but as of as of yet, have said nothing. 
since walking in the door. And then she looks at me with just a straight, plain face look and says, oh, damn, you look basic. <laughs> no, she didn't. She's like, no, no. What she said was, I know what you need. <laughs> you look a little like, confused. <laughs> you, I look a little confused. I'm like, I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> You want me to finish? Sure. You got this rolling. <laughs> okay. All right. So to set the scene, we came in. She was helping another customer. She, we, she said hello, hello to us. We greeted her. She's super friendly. Oh, my God. This woman should be running everything. Seriously. She was amazing. So she's pulling down, you know, s- stuff that we can sample. They're in these big gallon vats or whatever and they're already mixed and they have flavors like loaded baked potato and pizza and um you know buffalo chicken with ranch and i'm just like oh my gosh all these flavors meanwhile you're sitting here very quietly looking all confused and she said who is this and i said this is my husband you know tea and tea tracy and she she takes one look at you and she says Oh, you seem confused by all of these colors. I know what you need. And then she pulls out, what was it? Gourmet, but, uh, micro, sorry, gourmet, um, movie theater popcorn. Right. <laughs> the most and, basic flavor in there. And she's like, try this. And I'm laughing because I know you really love just plain buttered popcorn. And yeah. it made you happy. And I was like, oh my gosh. You're a mind reader. But then I was laughing later on. I was like, you know what it is. She took one look at you and saw that you're basic. Yeah. <laughs> she saw through some bitch in a form of me that said, no, he's not going to go experimental. He just no. needs something that's just going to get him in here and like, you know, get him to like say, hmm, Mikey like. She basically took one look at you and said, "Your flavor, your favorite flavor is vanilla, isn't it?" And it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm the vanilla of the group. <laughs> and honey, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh yeah, okay. There's nothing wrong. Look, <laughs> they make just plain popcorn, buttered popcorn for everyone, and it's and. It's not like she was lying. She's she was a great salesperson. Cause you know what? We went to Garrett's, right? And if you've ever gone to Garrett's, Garrett's is known for their caramel and cheese Cheap popcorn, popcorn mixed together called a Chicago mix. Do you know what T Outlaw's favorite thing to get at Garrett's? It's not the caramel. Oh, here we go. It's the hot butter popcorn. <laughs> yeah, we've we've talked about this on previous episodes. <laughs> Without knowing you, I was just impressed that this woman was psychic, obviously. <laughs> yeah, okay. She and, got me. And as I somewhat tease you, and I actually got you a little coffee mug that says the same thing. Your taste is basic. <laughs> but I love again. you for it. I do. Yeah, she I loves love you me. for it. Even though it wasn't even like a full coffee mug. It was like a little, you know, little tea thing. She's like, here, take your little basic, like, you know, little cup. I Go saw that and, and I down. just started laughing my ass off of the store. I'm like, I gotta get this for tea. Because mm-hmm. this is basic. 
I'm just delighted that she knew that, though. Yes, I am a man of... <laughs> Simple date. Thank you. Anyway, Goober, how was your week? <laughs> okay, you're not mad at me, are you? No, I'm just going to turn my chair and just listen. Oh. Well, my week was... <clears throat> My week. Oh, he's really sulky now. I'm, I'm going to listen to my music and be quiet. <laughs> Let's see. How was my week? Well, my week was very eventful um, at work. I'm so excited. It seems like um, I've had a big project that I work on all the time. And sometimes it's hard to juggle different responsibilities and get hit the deadline with the writing project it's sometimes happens when you're a writer and we are doing really well with that so i'm excited about that um i wish i could talk more <laughs> but <laughs> you remember the last episode for those of you who are new where i talk about the fact that over the history of the gourmet goober when we first created the okay when we first Started the Gourmet Cooper, we were a blog, right? We weren't a podcast. So we have been in the blog food blogging business since what, 2013? Yes. That's why if you look at our logo, it actually says serving fresh since 13. That's why. And then we saw that the future wasn't blogging, it was podcasting. So we have been in the podcasting game, what, for three years? Yeah, give or take almost three years. Which is really excited, um, exciting, um, just to see how everything is exploded and everyone has a podcast. But we were fairly an early adopter, you know, um, and so we're excited that we're still creating. But at the top in which I created the blog, I wanted to very, I, it was always my goal to separate my nine to five from this activity. So I've always been very careful. Um, for example, to use my nickname, JJ Outlaw. Um, JJ has been my nickname since college when we met. Um, the Gourmet Goober, even for those of you who are new, it's actually a nickname that my father gave me years ago. My father was the one who taught me how to cook. And when it was my turn, I grew up with, um, three other siblings. I'm the oldest of four in my immediate family. When it was my turn into the kitchen, my dad would say, the gourmet goober, can you come join me? And so it kind of sucks. So when I decided to name this podcast, the gourmet goober, that's why we call it that. And it's always a great conversation starter, like what the heck is that? And that's the origin of it. But it was always an identity that I've kept separate, even when I was blogging from the work I did outside of that. And I did that intentionally. So that gives me the freedom to talk and to share. And even though I have always been very, very careful to not talk about my work and identify, for example, the organizations that I work for and things like that, um, I may discuss it at some time, especially when I was freelancing, because, you know, when I worked and I wrote for magazines and things like that, I wanted to share that part of, you know, my creativity because it was exciting. But I, I, it was important to me to have this separate life, 
so to speak. So we can talk about things like, you know, Kantanji Brown Jackson or things that are important to us that may not be well accepted, um, particularly given, you know, the community the that we're climate, part of. Yeah. Yes. And so we could do that without fear of any type of, hey, we heard what you said at work, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, we just don't want look, look like we don't want Laura Ingram to come look for us. I I would really doubt that, but just in case, yeah. <laughs> it was really helpful during the last administration. Let me put it that way. <laughs> so, what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> now the place that I work <laughs> know about the podcast <laughs> and. I have mixed emotions about that, mainly because of the fact that I don't want the communication that I have with my listeners to change. Um, but on the other hand, we have been doing things like, you know, our past relationship with Soul Foodie, our past advertising campaigns that we've had a chance to do. And so I've had to come to the realization that I need to step away from the shadows for us to grow into the next step of the gourmet goober at Plum Good. Um, so that was kind of a major realization that I had to take on this week that I was not prepared for. Um, it came out during a staff meeting, <laughs> actually. And then I was just like, oh, screw it. I just told them the name of the podcast and there you go. It's out. So <laughs> You gave up your, your government name. <laughs> Pretty much. And like I said, when I when I was finished with the Zoom meeting, to be honest, I turned to you and I was like, crap. And then I thought, well, I didn't say anything awful. Because, again, we are very mindful of that, not just for me, but also for you, because y you work with sports in a sports organization. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and a news related organization. Yeah. You just went out there and released the crack and didn't you? <laughs> I did not mean to, but you know what? Maybe it's a blessing in disguise, <clears throat> but I also have to admit after I did it, I had a little bit of a freak out in, the, in my office for a few minutes. And maybe I hit up the chocolate a little hard, but then after that, I came to accept that it was a good thing and maybe it's a blessing in disguise. It is. That's how I'm going to look at it. So, for those of you who are listening who may know who I am, hello. <laughs> For those of you who are listening who may not know, you know, my actual nine to five name, you know, who I really am. I'm not sharing that. You know, that's up to you. <laughs> but um but yeah, I I it, it was it was something that was unexpected, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Okay. Also, don't dox or scrub either one of us. No, please don't. <laughs> we will ask that. <laughs> but you know what? It, like I said, it's kind of like a natural, like progression. Because, like, remember with the, remember with the blog, how we were really careful not to put our pictures, and then we got asked to do like, you know, things facing with the public, like when I led that food event for you know, one medical or when we were asked to judge at the, <laughs> the piggy barbecue, hog fight. the hog fight. Yeah. And 
that's when I realized that, okay, we can't avoid not being public because they're asking us to do these things, right? And Well, yeah, they, you know, the goober has been discovered on the street from time to time by people. Yes, and that's the other thing I've discovered because I realized that I need to... <laughs> I need to put myself out there because I have some definite goals for the podcast and the things we want to do and with Plum Good Media. But at the same time, <laughs> that one time that I decided I was I was working on something and I decided, look, I told you, hey, I'm not cooking today. I'm just going to go to Wingwa and we're going to call it the day. That's a name of a Chinese food restaurant where we live. And I'm waiting to get my food. And there's these people who came up to me. And seriously, I was writing. I was in my sweats and an old T-shirt. I was not wearing any makeup. <laughs> I think my hair was tied up because I was hiding the gray. Yeah, she was so up from the floor. <laughs> and they're like, are you the gourmet goober? And I was like, damn. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like he was up in the spot. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to have to juggle that because. You didn't have your glam team with you. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I. One good thing that came out of the pandemic is I finally figured out how makeup worked. So actually, my pictures on Instagram, if you compare it from the beginning, look hella good. Even without the filter. Just saying. <laughs> I understood them what highlighter and primer work, how they work. Good stuff. <laughs> but I didn't have that then, right? Okay, so basically that means I need to go fire my glam team because <laughs> I look pretty much the damn same. Matter of fact, I look older. But what I'm trying to say is I when I started creating this, it wasn't for that reason. I just wanted a creative outlet. And it just sort of became like... I credit it for the career I have now because I was not working in writing and all of those things. And that became a blessing after the creation of the Gourmet Goober blog. Which is awful. Um, but that said, um, it was still uncomfortable when it's easier for me to be a voice you listen to than someone who's like, hey, that's you. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not prepared for that. Well, it wasn't like he was working the pole at the time. <laughs> no, I wasn't working the pole. Oh, my God. Nothing against the ladies <laughs> that work the pole. No, those are, that's legitimate work. <laughs> yeah, the pollsters are busy. But what I'm trying to say is maybe me getting them recognizing what I do and knowing what I do is a good thing. One... Yeah. Because with some of the things that we have talked about in production meetings and how we want to grow, it's helpful to get used to the fact that people will recognize you. You know, we still get invited to like media events. Yes. And it's, it's something that we have to accept as part of the growth of this podcast. And it's not like I can hide from people if they see me and you know, they work with me they, and so I don't want to be long-winded here but yeah that was kind of a, a major realization that I had this week um, that was unexpected but again not so bad you gave up your government name 
you gave up the inch you gave up the in, like the the access the pandora's box the intro to you know our little like you know secret you know i was just getting over not feeling so weird about it <laughs> but it's okay <laughs> you got shook <laughs> you know what you know in closing though my week was not always weird because all all weird you know because I got a chance to see my beloved Chicago, which I haven't seen in a while. Um, when we took you, we to go to see the doctor. doctor. We went in the city. You got Garrett's popcorn. I got Stan's donuts, which is heaven. Love it. Um, we had a chance to visit one of our favorite places, which we'll talk of a little later in our last segment. And da, 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 because I am the blurtiest of Marvel blurts, I got the news that I have been waiting for a long time. And that is the Marvel um, shows that was on Netflix. We're talking Jessica Jones. Um, Iron, well, we're not going to talk about Iron Fist. Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage, The Defenders, The Punisher. They're all coming to Disney Plus. You're just letting all that blurred stuff out now, aren't you? Well, I'm not ashamed of that. <laughs> I've always been a blurred. Look, look, look. You know I'm like one of the biggest Luke Cage fans ever. And if you don't know who Luke Cage is, Luke Cage, which I also found out is celebrating his 50th anniversary this year, is actually one of the first black superheroes to ever get his own comic book. And, and this is a side note, this is true, I just found this out, very cool, that the Library of Congress has as part of their collection the very first Luke Cage comic book. Really? How badass is that, right? That is kind of cool. And Luke Cage is a superhero, he has superpowers, he has indestructible um, skin, so he's bulletproof, for example. And Wish I could have that in Chicago. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but... He is the defender of Harlem in the in the comic books. Um, so yeah, when I was a little kid, I thought Luke Cage was a badass. I think that Mike Coulter, who plays Luke Cage in the television series, was so good. And I'm hoping that since they're moving to Disney Plus, and the fact that Daredevil was in Spider Man No Way Home, sorry. Spoiler alert, I should have said that. Spoiler alert, he's in it. But everyone knows that now, if you follow Marvel. Spoiler. <laughs> so hopefully that means when they're moving over, that Luke Cage could be canon. And that could mean that he could be in a Marvel movie. Hmm. Yes! Because we also got Mahershala Ali, who played Cottonmouth in the first um, season of Luke Cage. Now he's going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as Blade, which I'm super excited about. So we could have Mahershala and Mike Coulter in an MCU movie. Yes! <laughs> yes! Cinematic Black Marvel excellence! I love the fact she's <laughs> running around excited about some random characters coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I'm literally learning about from her right now. <laughs> no, what he's getting over was when I found out this was happening and why I woke you up to tell you. <laughs> oh, I thought we were done after uh, 
after she left me, like, you know, in pain on the couch to go see Spider-Man as of the, the last episode. You told me to go. And I'm like, dude, I have these tickets. I'm not going to not go. You were fine. I got you, Sue. <laughs> Once again, lay down on the couch, me and the dog. I'm like face down, butt up. <laughs> just like, you know, just like laying on myself. I'm like, Whoa. He makes it seem like I left him unattended. That was not true. The dog had to take care of me. <laughs> And you know what I do to get a good Spider-Man no way home was great. Damn. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll see where we're going. I love you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. All right. I'm going to remember that. Like, you know, as you told me a little earlier, Janet Jackson's coming to Essence Fest. Oh. Oh, guess who's going to be leaving you behind? <laughs> okay. I might be front row in that one. They're going to be like, where's that front row? <laughs> okay, so ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is marriage. <laughs> Podcasting marriage. You hear it right here. <laughs> You're gonna leave me up and down. You I'm gonna told leave my to baby. Yes, you did. I was laying here just <laughs> just toe up. Here's the thing. You didn't think I was gonna go. You were expecting me to say, Why no, T? I'll stay here. No. I had really great you know where my seats were? <laughs> you ever figured out in a theater where the optimum center of a movie theater is? Right? Like, we've actually figured it out because we're, like, geeky people. You want to share where the Optima Center is? Okay. This was once explained to me in a uh, theater setup. If you go to your, like, non uh, Olympics, what was it? There's a, a configuration of how most, like, uh, basic cinema spaces are. Basically, if you walk in, and if you walk in at, like, the one-fourth mark you know, where the entryway is. If you walk into that area, as you walk up, count from the, like, you know, from the screen, from the first row of seats, you walk back 12, like, to the 12th row. Right. So it's usually, like, I think, like, if it's, like, row L or something. Mm -hmm. So basically, walk back to the 12th row, and you go to the left side uh, of the screen, and then walk over six to eight seats. As you sit down, the optical left, if you're a right-handed person, is basically 12 rows up, six to eight seats, like, you know, into the theater. And that is like, seriously, they're the perfect seats. Yeah. Yeah. We're just geeky enough that we actually, when we pick seats out, we look for that. <laughs> so I had those seats. And I have been waiting all year for No Way Home. And I asked you, honey, would you like me to stay with you? No, we went back and forth. So after the second time, I thought, he must really want me to go. <laughs> and I laughed. 
Yeah, I was like... I was like, deuces! <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, I'm sitting here, like, you know, playing, like, you know, from the Cosby Show, I was playing the Theo Cockroach-type game of, you know, who's gonna go in to the door, like, at Dance Media. And I'm like, no, you go. And, and to quote DJ Khaled, you played yourself. <laughs> yeah, apparently I did. Because I was waiting for that third time to come around and be like, maybe I shouldn't. No. And literally after the second Jennifer time, was, I was like... JJ I was laid, in the yeah. car. <laughs> I turned my head, and next thing I know, all I heard was the engine running. I'm like, dang. Look, I had 12 minutes to make my way to Portage, okay? I was on a mission. <laughs> and she took advantage of it, too. Yep. <laughs> Got there for the previews and everything. <sighs> so on that note, <laughs> I tell you what, why don't we take a break? Give you a chance to cool off. <laughs> and then when we return, we will talk three stories um, that perfectly um, captures the intersection of food and pop culture that we call What's Eating Us. So we, you are listening to the Gourmet Goover podcast, and we will be right back. Hey guys, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we're the co-hosts with the Gourmet Goober podcast with a very important question. Are you a little gourmet or a lot wretched? <laughs> or maybe you consider yourself gumbo worthy. Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own Goober swag. From mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts, it's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober podcast and, you know, help us keep the lights on in the process. <laughs> So, if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet, head on over to gooberswag.com, that's gooberswag.com, and get your very own goober gear today. Tell them Big Daddy sent you. That's right. Tell them. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. Hi, this is T Outlaw. And we are back with the Gourmet Goober podcast. So sorry, it's been a day, people. Anyway, this is our second segment of the podcast where Big Daddy and I talk about the um, intersection of food and pop culture that we like to call What's Eating Us. And this week we have three stories that are designed to make you think, make you laugh, and maybe even make you hungry. I'm not really sure if that's a good thing, considering what we're going to be talking about, but we'll see. <laughs> Might make you squirm if you really try hard. Uh, yeah, that, there might be a story that covers that, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Well, we're going to start out our segment with a very important question. So, Big Daddy, we have tasted over the years because the Gourmet Goober podcast, for those who may not know, we started off as a blog, right? Um, so... And during our adventures in the blog, we've done everything from being a tester at a all-you-can-eat barbecue event <laughs> to being invited to travel. How many miles it was from us to when we went to the Fogo de Chao and they just gave us a bowl of bacon, among other things. No, that was, yeah, I'm thinking that was a solid, like, two hours. Yes, we drove two hours to... Um, be invited to an all-you-can-eat a meat um, event where we learned that meat sweats are real. Very much so. 
They are real. <laughs> and then the time that we got invited to go and I had the best like cannoli of my life and eggplant parmesan and I told you and I told the guy that I was leaving my husband for him because if he could make that for me every day, hey, what more do I want? But she still didn't leave me, so there is something. <laughs> you had a look on your face like you thought I was really going to divorce you, though, for the cannoli. Because it was that good. <laughs> for a cannoli. Dude, it was really good cannoli, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, we have had some interesting culinary adventures through the Gourmet Goober. And we've been really blessed to enjoy all of them. But I have to say, this next story kind of takes the cake. Yeah, because we're about to trash... No, no, we don't know what it is because our first story covers Coca-Cola and they have a new drink that, according to them, tastes like space. Tastes like space. Tastes like space. <laughs> Are we talking about like, you know, space, the final frontier? Yeah, exactly. Like Star Wars and like where Boba Fett hangs out and that kind of thing. It tastes like space. Now, I know what you're thinking, right? Like, what does space flavor taste like? Well, they're daring you to try something that they call Coca-Cola Starlight. Um, they actually commissioned this as a limited edition beverage. According to Taste and Home, it's labeled as being from a new segment of Coca-Cola called Coca-Cola Creations. The only hint they give is a line from the package where it says space flavored and basically the whole idea is they were inspired because and i didn't know this but i guess coca-cola was like one of the first soft drinks that was taken by the astronauts in space and they wanted to inspire others to really explore space exploration i guess with a bottle of soda <laughs> if you will so has anyone followed Coke since then? Like Pepsi, like gone up there and had like, you know, the Pepsi flavor and or I'm waiting for like, you know, has there been like an RC Cola in space? Okay, I'm pretty sure there's never been an RC Cola in space. Thank God, because they show sure we're throwing it out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. In RC Cola's defense and. Okay, I know RC Cola. It's sort of weird. And in my opinion, it sort of tastes like Pepsi it. <laughs> the old toothpaste that my parents used to get from the dollar store <laughs> that was really effective let me just say but <laughs> also it does taste good if you soak salted peanuts in it it trust me it's a southern thing okay <laughs> if you can't get your hands on a coke pepsi and salted peanuts soaked together will, will do don't ask me how i know that well, just lost that RC endorsement. <laughs> well, anyway, um, it's part of their new marketing strategy that they have. Um, so, Big Daddy, first of all, what do you what do you think about that? Can a soda truly taste like space? What do you uh, think space actually tastes like? Now, I would be a little worried because, you know, is it space when exploration was new, or is it space now? Because there's a number of degree in space junk that's up there so i don't know if i want to eat that yeah i'm still working on whether it's like star like star wars star trek or like <laughs> you know like the trump space force no 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 where's like the space from the guardians of the galaxy 
Like Grooch Space. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that would be interesting. Okay. So we decided because we are all about giving our listeners the information they need to to live their culinary best lives. So I'm holding in my hand right now a bottle of da 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 Coca-Cola Starlight. That's right. A bottle. Not a can. That's right. So we are going to try on the mic the Coca-Cola Starlight and be able to tell you in real time what we think of it. I'm so excited. We've never done that before. Pray for us. <laughs> well, actually, no. Didn't you try the... Can you try the... The Pop-Tart on the air? I did. But it's a Pop-Tart. We're going to talk more about that in a minute because if you're new to the show... Big Daddy has this weird thing that he has never tried, like, food that it's understood to be kind of, like, ubiquitous about American life. That's the whole purpose of this podcast is random <laughs> stuff that I've n- not tried or did not care to try. <laughs> we do not have enough. There's not enough tape in the world for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically, you know, <laughs> I'm the Black Mikey in this group. Okay, so... First of all, it has like this weird kind of like red hue. Okay. Um. Oh God, I'm s- smell this. What does it smell like? It's sort of honestly, it does smell kind of like a pop tart. You know, weirdly enough, once you said pop tart, now I'm starting to catch it. Right, it smells like a pop tart. <laughs> It's not just a Pop-Tart feeling. Like, you know, like, when you butt into a Pop-Tart, like, the pastry, and it has kind of, like, that sort of graham cracker-type scent to it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it smells like. Okay. Mommy, pray for me. (laughs) Would you like the honor of taking the first sip, or do you want me? Mm, No. I'm going to let that be you. Of course you're going to let that be. Okay, here it goes. I've never drunk something on the air digitally. So this may be a good thing. Oh my god. She's still alive. Mm-mm. Uh-oh. Oh my god. Just try it. <laughs> try it. Stop looking at me like that. You knew we had it. This- Wait a minute, does this have sugar? Well, it has a little... Don't drink a lot of it. Just take a couple steps. Okay. In our production meeting, you knew we were going to do this, by the way. It's like drinking a Pop-Tart. Right? Now... Okay, for... (laughs) The Coca-Cola drinkers. <laughs> I know everyone at home is like, what is going on? <laughs> okay. The best way I can describe it is... It's like drinking a Pop-Tart for me. But go part ahead. of it is like drinking a Pop-Tart. It really, like, I think the graham cracker kick, it's, it's almost like taking on a liquid form of a graham cracker. No, yeah, I mean, it's like a, it's almost like 
a s'more type thing. Yeah. But well, instead of chocolate. Burnt, yeah, it didn't have a, a burnt flavor. Yeah, but instead of chocolate, there's some kind of berry thing going on. Okay. Uh, that's what I was trying to personify. It was like a berry of some kind that I can't recognize. Almost like a maybe a blackberry? But you can definitely tell the notes of Grim Cracker. Yeah. Which is funny because when I think of Grim Crackers, I think of many things. I do not think of space exploration. Here's the weird thing, though. Are you getting, like, this weird warming sensation in the back of your throat right now? Now that you say it a little bit. <laughs> Is Coca-Cola supposed to do that? No. <laughs> Mommy, I'm going to die. <laughs> You're not going to die. Although, if you do, where is your wife? Where's the... Where's the Life insurance okay. policy. <laughs> Look, obviously I'm not looking to kill you because this could be used as evidence, okay? And I'm sure part of your family does listen to the podcast, so I would never do this on camera intentionally if that was my thought process. That said, it does have like this weird warming sensation in the back of your throat. You know what it is? Like, have you guys ever taken medicine and afterwards, when you take like a cough syrup, it has like that thing going on in the back of your throat and kind of hits your chest? That's what it's like. Yeah, right now it's still in my throat. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just. No, it's not bad. <laughs> no, when you're looking for something like really sweet <laughs> or you're looking for something that like is. I want to say, like, if you drink a Coke, you're drinking for something, like, very cold. And it was um, really cold. It was taken out of the fridge. The fridge, yeah. If you're looking for something very cold or refreshing, I wouldn't even know if, if I would even say that. It's just, it's definitely an experimental note. It's an experimental taste, and I, it's very hard to quantify. There's definitely elements of berry. There's definitely like a... Because, unless I'm wrong, because Coca-Cola deals with... Is it caramel? Whereas yeah. like the other one does with cinnamon? Or am I getting that mixed up? Because it doesn't have a cinnamon flavor at all. I thought at one point they used to have like a weird cinnamon Coke. But, okay, seriously, other people have recorded reported tasting the graham cracker to one YouTuber saying it's kind of like a s'more. But I can't get over the syrupy like thing going on in the back of my throat. Coco and maybe we got one that's like really heavy on the syrup. Yeah, we purchased it on Saturday and it's trying on a Tuesday. <laughs> so maybe it had time to like, you know, like a good wine or beer had time to get like a a good, I don't know, carbon base on it. I don't know what's going on, but I'm a little disturbed by that fact. <laughs> that fact feeling. Now it's got you shook. <laughs> we tried it. I think for the moment, I think we still have all ten toes and fingers. Okay, so if the listeners at home or is brave enough to try this, like I said, don't be thrown off by the reddish hue. It definitely is red. 
the weird um, graham cracker crust thing that's going on right now. Also, doesn't have an aftertaste, which now makes me really think this might be a more Space Force like. This tastes like Mike Pence. <laughs> God, shut up! <laughs> wow, this. I don't even want to know where you came up with this that. Drinks taste like Mike Pence. <laughs> you know, as former Hoosiers, where he was our governor, I, I, I guess we would know what that meant. <laughs> We're gonna move on. <laughs> okay, now that I think about what I just said. <laughs> So, in the case of Starlight, if you want to try it, one other thing I want to point out is there's a Q, um, there's a QR code that you can scan. And if you scan it, it gives you a concert by someone by the name of Ava Max. Um, the concert can be, um, it's a weird holographic concert kind of thing going on. So, there's that. Cool. But yeah, <laughs> I I guess that's what space tastes like. <laughs> now, were you anticipating that? No, I was not. Because <laughs> I, I, as a person who has, in his lifetime, had a lot of Coke <laughs> and Pepsi, and to smaller aspects, yes, RC... <laughs> And others, yeah, this is definitely surprising. It does not taste like your typical cola and or soda and or, if you're down south, Coke. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely a new new thing to try. I'll give you that. I don't know if I would drink that on the regular, but... I don't know if I would have you try that again on Mike. <laughs> I'm still trying to get over the afterburn. That's kind of what it is. It's like an afterburn. Let me ask a question, because I don't drink, right? You remember back in college when we used to, you guys used to drink that, like, what is it called? Fireball? Okay. That's, that stuff that you intentionally drank that was, like, spicy and cinnamon and stuff. Is the afterburn kind of like that? Because that's what I imagine it would be. No. Doesn't have enough of a, a cinnamon or... <laughs> doesn't have like it doesn't have a kick of any kind that's strong <laughs> enough to push that. Okay, all right. Plus the soda. <laughs> well, we've lived through a lot of different weird sodas. Remember, Jolt soda was a thing when we were young. <laughs> Jolt soda for the kitties. If you're not near the Googles, Jolt soda was a soda that advertised itself as what twice the sugar and three times the caffeine. It was like Mountain Dew on steroids. <laughs> yeah, I'm just listening to this because I don't think I've ever had Jolt Soda. And I have. Uh, mm. Kind of tickle a little when you drink it. <laughs> so anyway. It made you go to the restroom funny. <laughs> no. But I did. My roommate did find me woken up studying after having two Jolt Colas. Stared at her kind of weirdly. So <laughs> you did that without any substance in your body. Shh. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Because <laughs> she was weird. Anyway, you can pick up your own <laughs> Coca-Cola Starlight now. And it's available for a limited time. 
So let's just move on to another thing that's not so weird, but equally disturbing, I think. Okay. So let me ask a question. For our second story, if you're in the grocery store, say, for instance, and you pick up something, like, for instance, you're going to make some pot roast, or like the lamb um, pot pie I made the other day. Lamb. Well, you know what? I would stick to the beef. So if you're going to make a beef pot roast... And you see something labeled as product of the USA. Where would one might assume that that came from? I'm truly hoping it would be the United States of America as or the continent. (laughs) You may think so. But, dear listeners, did you know that for beef and pork products that it's labeled product of the USA, it may actually come from other countries? This is something that the USDA, USDA is currently conducting a survey just to find out if the average consumer is aware of that. Now, according to foodandwine.com, one of our favorite places in order to get um, random stories, great stories, is that there is something that's being um, bandied around in Congress that's called the American Beef Labeling Act which would prevent beef from being labeled as a product of the USA unless it came from cows that were born, raised, and processed in the United States. What actually happens, and this is quite shocking, is the product of the USA claim may be um, applied to meat products that are derived from animals that are imported from a foreign country. It's not in the USA as well as meat products that are imported from a foreign country and repackaged in the USA. So say, for instance, going back to the lamb um, stew meat that I used to make the lamb pot pie the other day, which, by the way, very good. Um, (laughs) It clearly has a label that says the lamb came from New Zealand. So it's already in a package. It was already chopped up and whatever. They probably shipped it through the shipping chain and it's found its way here. Okay. Well, under the current guidelines that's established by the USDA, the product of the USA labeling may be applied to beef that was raised in New Zealand or Australia or any place, really. And then from there, processed, so it becomes a steak then shipped to the United States, and then literally by the focus of taking it out of one package and putting it in another package once it arrives, it then becomes a product of the USA. Isn't that shocking? That's very... Okay. Use me as a person who has never been all that worried about... Well, I kind of want to know, like, you know, the origin of where my meat came from is... I mean, I'm not that worried as much about the, you know, made in the USA thing. But at the same time, you, I, I do have the ethics of knowing, yes, that if my meat says it was from here, but basically it came from somewhere else, and then they're trying to get over on technicalities, then that sounds suspect to me. You know, the weird thing is, this was not always the case. In fact, up until 2015, when they said that meat processed and made in the USA 
had to come from animals that was raised in our U.S. farmland and um, processed in a local meatpacking process and, you know, made its way to, you know, your kitchen table by way of the um, supermarket. That was the norm. In fact, apparently chicken and lamb products that originate in other countries, just like the lamb example I gave, must still be labeled accordingly. Okay. But in 2015, Congress partially repealed what was known as the country of Oregon, Oregon, <laughs> the country of origin labeling law. Big fan of the country of Oregon. I don't know. I, I, you know what that that sounds like another issue altogether. Florida needs to be its own country. <laughs> I agree with that. Gotcha. <laughs> but following this repeal, beef and pork products no longer had to be marked with their country of origin, which is really weird. So the American Beef Labeling Act was actually introduced last September um, in the Senate. And if it passes, it'll help reinstate that mandatory country of Oregon. Oh, my God. I started this. (laughs) Yes, you did. Now it's in my head. No, no, mandatory country of origin labeling, which... Honestly, I think it's a good idea. Um, it's important not only for the consumer, because how many times do you watch the news and you see, oh my gosh, there's like a new listeria outbreak or what have you? Mad cow. Well, mad cow, you don't see as much anymore, but say for instance that, and you're watching and you're thinking, oh, it happens to this farmland overseas, not thinking that it could very well wind up on your plate because you have no idea where the beef and pork comes from that you buy. You just assume that it says product of the USA. You assume that it came from the USA. Okay. Plus, I'm concerned as well because, again, growing up where I grew up, um, I grew up around a lot of farmland. Um, I jokingly always tell people, and it's true, that my junior high was in the middle of a cornfield. Um, so for me, I've always been kind of cognizant of it. Um, and let me just also say, it's not like I lived near farmland, right? I mean, my neighborhood. In farmland. (laughs) Okay. My neighborhood was not a farm, obviously. Children of the corn. Okay. We did think that when they took us to the junior high in the cornfield. We were kind of worried about that for other reasons that we will not discuss on this podcast. It's okay. It's okay, baby. My, it was traumatic for me, and I don't want to revisit it. That's okay. <laughs> my that's okay. My high school was literally by a lake, so every time we got mad, somebody were like, "We're gonna threaten to keep putting you in the lake." No, but the children of the corn thing was real. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> no, it's not real. Our concerns were real. <laughs> We were not welcome when we instituted busing in Indiana, Indianapolis in the 80s. No. But um, basically, this affects a lot of the local farmers and things like that because um, it's enough of a problem that the one advantage that area farmers have, particularly dairy farmers and those who raise cattle and livestock as their livelihood, they're being cut off at the knees now and they don't even have the benefit of saying, Yes, if you want to purchase from the USA, you know, beef and pork that's processed from here, you really have no idea where it's coming from. Yeah. And that's 
that's the thing that I found really disturbing about the story. Because I know a lot of people, for that reason, because of their connection to farmers, are really trying to be cognizant of purchasing that for their families. And to be honest, they're not doing that. That's right. Our cows in America here are as good as your cows. <laughs> they taste just the same, you know, when they're slaughtered. You know, our pork, our little piggies, they go to the market the same way. <laughs> Are you really doing this right now? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I think I am. But no, I understand why in terms of like, you know, tracing why this could be a problem and or, you know, dealing with American products. Right. I see why. You, I understand that why this is a big thing. So just in case you're wondering what you can do to help advocate for that bill currently going through Congress. Right now, if you go to farmaid.org, and just as a reminder, FarmAid is that really incredible concert that's hosted every year by Willie Nelson, Neil Young, and John Mellencamp. One of the things they have on their website is a Take Action tab that leads site visitors in order to help them support family farmers and their daily life. There's also a place that you can also advocate for the passing of the American Beef Labeling Act. So definitely go check it out. If you're not familiar with farming, I am, again, because John Mellencamp is sort of like a local hero from where I grew up. Plus, as a side note, my dad knew his dad. <laughs> but, um, yes, it's a really great program every year that helps sustain farmers across the country who makes the meat that ends up on your plate, among other things. But yeah, so you can learn all about that particular act and find out how you can help advocate so it passes in Congress. Gotcha. Right. So to close out today's podcast, I'll go ahead and clear your palate, if you will, <laughs> and talk about the return of someone who Big Daddy and I deeply love. And it's a show that's hosted by Adam Richmond. If that name sounds familiar... He was the gentleman that was the host of Man vs. Food, that really popular program that was on, what was it, on the Travel Channel? It was on the Food Channel. I think it was on the Travel Channel. The travel where, Channel. Where basically Adam took it upon himself to travel around the country and take on the most ridiculous eating challenges there are. Yeah, like the 72, 80 ounces of steak or... The really extremely spicy, I don't know. Was it the ribs? Oh, no, there was the wings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like wings from like, I don't know, you know, when they go through the Scoville, you know, level of, you know, spice. This Adam Richmond was the one who took on the different spices and, you know, tried to choke it down. I'm sorry, the wings and tried to choke them down with, you know. X amount of time left on the clock. <laughs> Basically, he risked life and limb for our entertainment. Stomach and all. <laughs> or the, he had the job that I wanted as a child. <laughs> it was him and there was a guy in Indianapolis called Reed Duffy that was the first food critic that ever followed. And I was like, dude, you get to eat for a living. That is awesome. We all need to eat. You get paid for it. Talk about a hustle. <laughs> And by the way, Man vs. Food is still on. They've brought it back. And now there's a new host named Casey Webb, who's really funny, by the way. Um, but anyway, 
Adam, who left the program because he realized that eating mass quantities of food may not have been the best thing for his health. Yeah. But now he's back with a new television show that'll be on the History Channel called Adam Eats the 80s, which is, according to the American Journal Constitution, I love this, a kaleidoscope of food pop culture and drink nuggets. And, you know, we're interested because food and pop culture is kind of our thing. <laughs> so every week he'll explore the origins of staples, everything from cinemas and Auntie Anne's mm-hmm. to experiments that they would rather you not know about, such as the time that Domino's decided to do breakfast pizza. So you can catch it every Sunday night at 10 p.m. And I thought it was interesting because the 80s was sort of an, um, a time where there was a lot of changes. For example, for us being kids of the 80s, we remember fondly the fact that, you know, they were allowed to advertise for us. So that's why Mr. T cereal was actually a thing. Beautiful. <laughs> as well as E.T. Pretty much if you can make a commercial out of it. It either became a cartoon, a TV serial, or both. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's why Masters of the Universe TV show and serial are both things. Never tried any of this. But here's the thing. He actually, the television show, which I found interesting, is he actually has a lab recreate some of the things that were really popular in the the 80s. I hope so, because I'm like, if some of this stuff is still on a shelf somewhere, well, (laughs) Well, I don't know if I want to partake of that. Well, we did talk about when Tab closed their doors, which was a Coca-Cola product. I'm pretty sure some of that was on the shelf since the 70s. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Among the other things he'll look into are he tests a vintage Ginsu knife, trying to recreate the commercial where... Remember the old commercial where the Ginsu knife sliced the tomato and at the same time just cut a piece of paper? Um, yeah. I do. This is also the person, me, 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 who just bought a butcher knife and my wife won't let me touch it. Okay, that's because that butcher knife is hella scary looking. (laughs) It's just a butcher knife. But get this. He actually goes to 1985's invention of jolt cola he actually tries to jolt going back in time (laughs) all the sugar and twice the caffeine yes it is how we got through college (laughs) and he's still standing so what do you think about this do you think is there like an 80s snack that you miss or maybe you're the wrong person to ask i am really the wrong person to ask (laughs) because you're the person who's never had a pop tart before me I never had pop tart before anybody. <laughs> Which, Which is, is weird. Yeah, it is weird because it's not like it wasn't in the house. My sister grew up eating pop tarts. Were you just too good for the pop tarts? Yeah, I was bougie. <laughs> no, I just never had the the want or need to have a pop tart at that moment. Well, I of course think the eighties were like the best time ever to create a snack. Because if you think about it, all the cool stuff that came from the 80s, like Capri Sun. Capri Sun came from the 80s, and we are all better for it. Never had it. Fruit but Okay, you've never had a Capri Sun? No. Really? No. 
Oh my god. <laughs> yes. I was that child who grew up. <laughs> 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 yes, that was me. But I did this. It's not like I didn't partake of sugar or salt or whatever. I had my McNuggets stew. We have been married for how long? I didn't know that. Almost 17 years. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So I tell you what. You know what? And this is good for me to know as your wife because, again, <laughs> I amaze you through, through all of the days of our relationship. <laughs> okay, so we're going to close out this segment. I'm going to share with you some of, according to Eat This, not that, um, the top 80 snacks that came out of that decade. And I'm just curious to see if you've actually had any of these. I'm guessing no. <laughs> so number one is sliced soda. It was a line of fruity sodas that came from Pepsi um, that was pretty much in existence into the late 2000s, actually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I believe me, I I, I I did try a slice. I was a big fan of the Mandarin Orange. All right. Hostess Pudding Pies. Now, let me just say before you answer, of all the treats that are on this quiz, and I've had a chance to take a look at this before, you're getting it live on the air for the first time. Hostess pudding pies were like a thing in my house growing up. Like, I'm serious. It was like my dad would put the hostess pudding pies in his lunchbox. And the deal was he would take the lunch. And then if it came back, anything in that lunchbox was hereby fair game for my siblings and I. I'm When I tell you it was like an 80s grudge match, like, it was seriously, like, the earliest version of WWE wrestling. Not that. It, seriously, like, MMA. Like, the only thing that was missing was the octagon. <laughs> the struggle to get that damn chocolate pudding pie was very real. <laughs> okay, this is be this would be the only family, her family, her siblings that would literally cut a pie into four exact squares. Of course, because it kept the peace. You guys measure everything <laughs> with a knife exactly because no one wants to have the bigger or smaller piece. Seriously, when you grow up in my family, it keeps the peace. You thought I was joking into that one time that my brother wanted to... I offered my brother a slice of cake that we were eating, we were visiting, and I cut the cake and then Benjamin... Like, leaned in, and with, like, a precision of... Of a surgeon. Of a ninja. Yeah. <laughs> of a surgeon. He was, like, checking all the angles and making sure it was exact. And he's like, okay, I'll eat it. That's how we roll. <laughs> That's your family. So, have you had a hostess pudding pie? No. Okay, I wait for you as your wife, and we're going to move on. <laughs> How about a triple power push pop? And I admit, I've never had one of these. I would like to say I have, but I'm right now I'm going to say no. Dr. Pepper gum. I've never even heard of that. Neither have I. All right. I already know the answer to that because I introduced it to you. Ranch dressing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
ranch dressing? <laughs> yes. That started out in the 80s? Yeah. Okay. I'm impressed. No. <coughs> Here's one thing with ranch dressing. Well, let um, me correct something before you answer. Okay. Apparently, it was invented in the, in the 50s by Hidden Valley, but it took off in the 80s. Okay. Okay. Go gotcha. That makes sense now. No, I'll fully admit because I'm that weirdo. Okay, I'm fully aware. Growing up, I never had dressing on anything. Like, nothing. Like, my salad was literally just lettuce. <laughs> Washed, clean, very cold lettuce. That is true. When we first got married, making salad for you was so easy. I just literally took it out the package and put it on your plate. Yeah. Now he insists on dressing. <laughs> yeah, somehow being, you know, around the gourmet goober, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, we're going to be having kale or, you know, mixed greens or something. Oh, I need to slather this with something. Um, I'm going to take, and now basically almost all dressings. I'm telling you, ranch is magic. <laughs> but yes, we also need to talk about the goober and her ranch aficionado ship you take up on ranch dressing like it is like i think there's like a vat of ranch dressing in this house somewhere that she basically like has injected into her veins look she she puts that on everything <laughs> look i have told you that i did not grow up in the chocolate city I grew up at the most basic of places for the most part and a fundamental part of my childhood. And those ladies love those those ladies love the ranch. Ranch is now like a thing, you know? You dip your pizza in ranch. <laughs> yes, this harkens back to a previous episode where <laughs> in the middle of a restaurant, I basically we had a conversation and somehow there was like a bottle of ranch that manifested itself on a table. Yeah, I literally, I didn't even, like, specifically ask the server for ranch. I was just talking to my wife about something, and it involved, like, oh, maybe I should have ranch or something. And she magically walked up with a bottle of ranch, just produced it out of nowhere. And I'm like... Because um, ranch is a thing. <laughs> I guess so. So the answer to that question is yes. Yes. How about original New York soda? Or before LaCroix was a thing, there was original New York soda. No. Have never. Uh, never have I ever. Or original New York seltzer, rather. No. Okay, this was something I was surprised about. Giggles cookies. You've never had that? I, I No, I've never laughed like that. I've never giggled <laughs> with Giggles cookies. Keebler Fudge Magic Middles. I don't think so. Smurf Berry Crunch Cereal. Oh, hell to the no. <laughs> I think through the entire 80s, I, there were a very few things that my mom would let me try because she was like, this is what I'm bringing home. This is what we're going to eat. And all this other stuff, you know, because there were like a thousand cereals that came out in the 80s. No, you got to have cereal money to be able to <laughs> knock down these random cereals. And, of course, going from the years of, let me see, the 80s were what? I was 6 through 16. Um, no, I didn't. 
try Smurfberry anything. <laughs> okay, I know you've had famous famous cookies. Because oh hell! Oh yeah. I've seen you eat them in college. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, yeah, it was like a fat kid loves cake. Tortina pizza rolls. Okay, to be fair, you tried these, and I warned you about them because they're terrible. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I did try Totino's pizza rolls, but I did not try them in the 80s, 90s. I think it was in the 2000s when we first got married, and I was just, I, I just decided one day to try them. Not sure why you had that inclination. Yeah. Much of like that roommate that I told you not to rent to. <laughs> the Totino's was a bad idea. <laughs> Every once in a while, your wife is right. <laughs> No, every day your wife is right, whether she is or not. <laughs> Lunchables. Now, this is something that was huge in the 80s. Although, to be fair, my parents did not let me eat Lunchables because of the high salt content. So, I never tried a Lunchable until I was an adult. I never tried a Lunchable, period. So, you've never had one? No. Because <laughs> I knew how to make my fried bologna sandwiches. <laughs> And I stuck to that. If you think about it, Lunchables is probably the first version of a charcuterie board. Come on, it has like sliced meat, cheese, crackers. Only thing's missing is wine. It's charcuterie board for kids. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking of the little kitty wine now that goes with it. <laughs> All right, I know you've had this Dairy Queen Blizzards, which came out in the 80s. Yeah, it toils down. Um, TCBY, no, you totally have that. Oh, yeah. TCBY, even more than the Blizzard or anything from Dairy Queen. Once TCBY came out, I hit TCBY so hard. <laughs> I literally had, um, what's the word? Like an intolerance to it at a certain point. Because I, I went through TCBY. Like, I think I own stock in TCBY. Okay, last one. Cool Ranch Doritos. Ooh, TC, I'm sorry, Cool Ranch. You know what, I, 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 at first I was going to say no, but then I figured I had to. Everybody in life had some form of Cool Ranch Doritos. Okay, that's not necessarily true, because I once thought that everyone on the planet's had a Pop-Tart if they've been born after a certain time, and clearly that was not you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that said, point taken. You know what? And this may shock you. I actually do not like Cool Ranch Doritos. No one ever said you had to like them. Well, no, it has ranch in it. You figured that I would totally like bathe in the stuff, but no. You would think, yeah, but I'm it's not saying. ranchy enough for me. <laughs> yeah, you would put ranch <laughs> on your Cool Ranch Doritos. I have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> That's purely the goober. <laughs> so on that note, now that I'm horrified by my ranch intake, let's take a break. And then when we come back, <laughs> we will close out the podcast as we do every show. With by the best thing we ate. This week. Yes. So you're listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast and we will be right back. <laughs> I'm Karen. And I'm Emily. 
And if you, like us, are slightly on the nerdy side and have an interest, fascination or musing for anything historical, then we have the podcast for you. Our podcast, A Nice Cup of History, takes a historical event, place or person and delves into the facts, fictions and myths surrounding it, all whilst enjoying a nice cuppa or sometimes something stronger. Each week, we finish with a special segment we call Ridiculous Deaths, which looks into the absolute bizarre ways some people have died or survived and what we can learn from them, such as why alcohol and sailing should never go hand in hand on a moonlit night and why bridges and butts don't mix. We are listened to globally, which blows our minds. So if you have any suggestions for topics for us to discuss, please let us know. So come join us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts from. And let's let's get get historical. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we are back with the third section of the Gourmet Goober podcast where we share the best thing we ate this week. As a reminder, we also look forward to hearing your choices for the best day you ate this week in your community. If you'd like to share that, whether it comes from a restaurant or even your kitchen, drop us a line at thegourmetcooper at gmail.com, and maybe we'll read your responses on the show. Don't let it be nasty. (laughs) As always, our selection, you can find the details in the show notes, so it'll give you an opportunity if you're nearby this location to try our choices for yourself. And as always, we start this section off with Big Daddy. So, T Outlaw, what was the best thing you ate this week? Once again, that Slim Fat Albert. <laughs> I'm not calling you Slim Fat Albert. Actually, I messed it up. I think that was actually Skinny Fat Albert. <laughs> I'm not calling you that either. It was worth a try. Here's the thing. There are going to be people at work now that's going to be asking me about Skinny Fat Albert. And then I won't be able to hold it in. If they are, then you already have problems. <laughs> Anyway, Mr. T. Outlaw, what was the best thing you had this week? Okay. <laughs> the best thing I had this week was uh, something that was unexpected. Uh, we went and took a little trip into Chicago. And uh, by way of that, we kind of caught ourselves in the like, like breakfast and lunch, nay, brunch um, line. And so we said, oh, you know what? We'll stop by Yoke. That's, that's a, you know, a nice thing in Chicago to stop into. Nice little breakfasty lunchtime brunch restaurant um, in downtown Chicago, um, frequented by a lot of different people. And so I said, all right, you know, I'm going to try to go in there and grab me a little something. And the best thing I ate this week um, was something that I wasn't expecting to be good, but actually turned out kind of interesting. Um, usually I'm a guy who likes, who is just like in the last five to 10 years has really gotten into the concept of going to get some chicken and waffles. I'm a chicken and waffles type dude. I know for some people, they, they like their chicken at dinner and they like their waffles at breakfast and near the two shall mix. But for some reason, when y'all came out and like hit them with the chicken and waffles, it was like, you know, it became somebody's game changer. And now it's like the niche thing to go to like different people's restaurants and hit their chicken and waffles. Now I'm trying Yolks, you know, invention of chicken and waffles here. Oh, I'm sorry. They're a little like thing. And you know, the chicken was okay. I'm not going to say it was like just off the top, but it did its job. It was actually pretty decent. 
And the waffles were kind of cute. They they gave them to me in the plate. And, you know, as opposed to like, you know, some places they give you like that one big waffle. The Belgian waffle. Yeah, the big Belgian waffle. They gave me like a couple of little waffles and they were like in little circular um, mini yeah. waffle type yeah. uh, iterations. So it was like, you know, I had enough to like, you know, kind of divvy up as opposed to one big lazy waffle that could get soggy or cold on the turn. But weirdly enough, something that happened where the lady um, who took my order said after I or I said, yeah, I'll have the uh, the chicken and waffle. She's like, yeah, do you want that with your eggs sunny side open? I'm like, um, okay. I'm like, <laughs> it's somewhere in my mind. You got to understand, for 48 years of life, every single egg I have had, no hard boil, no soft boil. Every single egg I have had has been scrambled <laughs> in some form or fashion. I grew up every every egg I have had is scrambled. You Nothing know why else. that is? Because you're basic. Anyway, <laughs> knew she was waiting to just capsulize on that. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, but <laughs> anyway, so I was like, Ugh. and so in my mind, I'm thinking it's just gonna be this random, you know. Egg on the side. No, this bad boy was sitting right on top of the chicken when I got it on the plate. And so I'm like confused because there's this random sunny side up runny egg on top of my chicken. You know, next to my waffles. And I'm like, um, I don't know if I'm going to hit this. I wasn't quite, you know, because I, you know, my tail wasn't quite ready for this. But, you know, weirdly enough, it actually worked. It The combination you know, with the mix of the chicken and the egg. Hey, look at that. Uh, <laughs> I found out that actually, you know, once you close your eyes and you actually partake of the taste, <laughs> it actually turned out pretty good. I was actually quite amazed. I mean, it was just the right side of running. It's not too overly done, not too drippy. It actually was the right, com you know, right, delicate balance. And I was actually quite amazed. So, yes, the weirdest thing I had this week and actually, the best thing I had this week, for me, not for everybody else, was the chicken and waffles at Yolk, Chicago. Bang. There it is. Okay. Couple thoughts. One, oh, no. No, 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 no. One, as someone who knows that every egg that he's ever eaten in his entire life was scrambled up to that point, I was really impressed that you went the distance and tried the runny egg. <laughs> so, that is awesome. One. Two, um... Yolk, I Yolk is in different locations outside Chicago. Okay. So if you want to try this, and I'll put this in the show notes, um, because I've had their chicken and waffles before myself, and they are good. They're good. Although the addition of the sunny side, sunny side up egg, that's actually new. So I don't recall that on my chicken waffles. I was so watching you eat it, and I was like, I'm jealous. But it looks really good. But there's also yolk, for example, in Indianapolis, Indiana. There's yolk in Dallas, Texas. So again, I'll get the link in the show notes. So hopefully you in your area can try it. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really. <laughs> you know what? We were talking about this when we were young, uh, when we were eating, right? About one, seeing you eat the yolk and how it was different for you but then two part of it what because i didn't grow up eating sunny side up too i was always told that 
you know, it's unsanitary and that's something you don't eat and you want to have the whole thing cooked and blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't until I was the adult that I tried my first egg sunny side up. It was just kind of like the steak. And we were talking about how when we were young <laughs> in many communities like ours that we grew up in, that whole thing about that steak being well done, like well past well done. <laughs> and I think I was in my, tw no, I was actually in my late 20s, almost 30. The first time I tried anything other than well done steak. And it was like, oh, you can hear the angels singing because it's really, really flavorful and good. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just hard to break out of <clears throat> things that you grew up around, things that you've seen other people do, things that were staple in our childhood. So the fact that you were able to do that, I'm really proud and I'm glad that you liked it. Just eat the steak anime. <laughs> As for me, I am going to cheat this week. I have two best things that I eat this week. <laughs> you know what? Dang it, it's my show. I can do two if I want. Well, damn, okay. <laughs> Here we go. So, the first best thing I ate this week was also at Yolk, and it was the Croque Madame sandwich. Um, and if you are not familiar with a Croque Madame, it is a French sandwich, and in this particular one, it had ham, it had bacon, it had this delicate cheese that went with it, it had Dijon mustard, they had done it on a brioche French toast bread, and this was topped with also one egg sunny side up. It was really, let me just say in the past, let me take a step back, I am obsessed with croque monsieur sandwiches. Big Daddy knows this. In fact, there is a place in Chicago called Tony's Patisserie. I will never tire of shouting them out. They literally make this side of France the best croque monsieur sandwich in the entire world. And the difference between a croque monsieur and a croque madame, they're both French sandwiches. The croque monsieur is topped with a bechamel. And their bechamel... Oh my God, I could drink it in a cup. It is so good. I've tried to recreate it at home. I just can't. And then the croque madame is topped instead of bechamel with the runny side up egg. So I'm usually the person who leans more towards a croque monsieur. And I had an opportunity to try the croque madame at Yolk. And I have to say, the croque madame at Yolk is exquisite. It's so good. And it's the perfect mix of slightly sweet with the brioche French toast bread with the savory with the Dijon mustard and the ham and the cheese. But yes, that egg that's on top with the yolk that's just runny enough. Mm, chef's kiss. It was really an extraordinary sandwich. So... My, I tip my hat off to the sh um, the people at Yoke. They have a really great menu. They like to change it up. And just so you know, there's actually a special test kitchen in Chicago. And I was also told there are different locations where they have Yokes. 
or they try new recipes before they hit the rest of the restaurants. Wow. So you can check those out too. It's kind of a secret that's open. Um, and I'll give the links to that in the notes as well. But yeah, if you get your chance to put your hand on a crook madame sandwich from them, get it. And if you're ever in Chicago and decide to brave the crook monsieur, please do. In fact, I order it so much. It's so funny. I'll walk into Tony Patisserie and they'll look at me like, oh, don't even take her order. We know what she wants. <laughs> you want the crook monsieur <laughs> with the origina and a cup of macarons. Macarons, right? Yes. <laughs> you must say it like the little prince. You must say it with, oui. your little, with, your, with your pinky finger in the air. You like a crook monsieur with the macarons and the funky little twists. Okay, first of all, your French accent is terrible. Don't damn do it, that is the way I have learned it from the cupcake man. <laughs> and damn it, that is the way I am going to do it. It is bad. <laughs> it is quite stinky. Your cupcakes are stupid. <laughs> you need to stop. Okay, yes, okay let me just remind you. That 30% of our listeners are from France. Well, they pretty much, the 30% know that I have a very bad French accent. So okay. I apologize if to I To my wonderful listeners from France, we are, how do you how do you say I'm sorry in French? L'apology. Okay. Yes. We're sorry. <laughs> Even if it ain't. Mm, we love I, you guys. I apologize. <laughs> So anyway, so my second choice, the best thing I had this week, was actually came from Chicagoland Popcorn. When I was there, <laughs> um, again, the woman who worked there was amazing. I cannot say enough about her. But then also, and one of the samples she recommended was mixing the pizza popcorn, pizza flavored popcorn with the loaded potato popcorn. And I know it sounds insane. Get your life if you have a chance to. So good. The loaded potato actually has chives and um, different flavoring. So it literally tastes like a loaded potato. And then the pizza potato has like hints and notes of tomato and things like that. So mix it all together. It was really, really delicious. So... Hats off to Dwayne, that's the owner, and everyone associated with Chicagoland Popcorn. Thank you so much for that. It was really, really good. <laughs> so, as we close out today's episode, <laughs> hoping not to upset our French listeners, Big Daddy, where can they find you online? They can find me, Tiaotlaw, on Twitter at Tiaotlaw. And on Instagram at Tiatlaw Chelsea Wells. You can find me, the Gourmet Goober, on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. You can also find me anytime on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. Also, you can visit our website at thegourmetgoober.com. You can certainly, while you're there, have an opportunity to find the many ways to support our podcast, which anything from telling a friend, sharing an episode. We have links to the podcast on the site. You can actually buy Gooper Swag by going to gooperswag.com. There's even a place on there that you can support us. And actually, I believe now you can support the podcast um, 
by donation, even in the show notes also. So another way you can do it. But we just want to take this opportunity again to say thank you for listening to us. We'll be back in two weeks. Until next time, Big Daddy and I, we want to say happy eating. Happy eating.